Hello and welcome to Season of the Bitch, the feminist podcast that hates COVID-19 but loves love. Today we have Kellen, Bianca, Zoe, Laura, and Julia. And we are back with another episode of Revolutionary Romance Quarantine Edition. I am jokingly calling this episode Too Quarantine, Too Furious. So we'll see if that makes it into the final cut. Um, at any rate, <laughs> I don't see why it won't. Please keep that. No, we have to like, <laughs> I don't have to. We make the rules here. So I feel like, you know, that, that works out. <laughs> too Quarantine, Too Furious. Um, <laughs> at any shout rate, out to Vin Diesel shout out <laughs> um, we're answering your questions you the listeners sent us messages on Twitter and on Insta and we are here to give advice because we are obviously relationship experts mm-hmm. just incredible knowledgeable geniuses without a single flaw between us and we are ready to impart our wisdom on you let it be known that the only co-host that is married is not on the call so um <laughs> marriage is not what necessarily Helen makes a dating life successful <laughs> this is not the first time listeners should know that Kellen has dabbed behind behind the scenes <laughs> but maybe this is the first time Bianca is seeing it and I'm so happy for them first time seeing it Secrets of Season of the Bitch revealed. Exactly. exactly. Wait, Helen, what was that meme? I sent you that was like Luigi. It was um, Luigi dab doing a dab. I think I have it on my. Oh, it's on my my computer background. So let me just pull that up real fast. Oh, it's Luigi. Yeah, it's so it's not even Luigi. It's a man in a Luigi costume, like with the like big felt head, and it is Luigi dabbing. And then in like the like the like um uh i don't know what it is like i'm an influencer mom font you know what i mean no, that, yes. like cursive it's yeah like cursive, yeah yeah it says my mental health is deteriorating <laughs> oh my God. And so they were like this made me think of you i was yeah. like I love it. Perfect. Yeah, no, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, and Kellen was like, you know me so well. Like, that's literally me. <laughs> I feel like I will never forget. So I brought teens uh, in my program to New York City, and they met Kellen. And I feel like at one point we were, like, walking through New York City, and Kellen, like, dabbed, and they were like, did you just dab? <laughs> <laughs> you were like, yes, yes, I did. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. So, should we get into it, y'all? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and read this first question then. Um, A Twitter user asks us, I'm wondering how to navigate being in a cishet relationship after coming from a queer relationship without feeling like I'm losing or hiding a part of my identity. Okay. I think my first thought reading this was like, oh, like, you don't have to hide any part of your identity. Like you don't have to worry about losing it. Um, But like, just from my perspective as a bisexual non-binary person, like basically I think that worry is extremely valid, especially when like in certain circles of the queer community and even in some straight people's kind of reductive understanding of queerness, they have this very like, uh, I would call like simplified understanding of what queerness is. And so there's often this pressure to perform quote unquote your queerness in a particular way that seems like easily digestible and like conforming to whatever people's mental templates of queerness is. And then that results in like people not always being accepting of straight passing relationships, even when the people who are participating in those relationships are queer. And so the first thing to know is, and I hope you already know this, is that like by virtue of your existence and your desire to be queer, your queer identity will never be lost. And oh so this whole, God. yeah, that, that's so I just important need to, and need to say a, that a Pisces icon, Pisces, Pisces stellium icon. <laughs> um, and this holds true even if you are in a cishet relationship. Um, and I think it's probably extremely important that your partner understands your queerness and like how you hold that in tandem with the relationship that you're currently in. 
And so ideally, and hopefully they will also hold space for that. Um, like having gone on dates with cis men while being openly non-binary and queer, I feel like it's become a really, really important thing for me to like assert that I am like non-binary and bisexual up front in case like they don't already know. Um, because like in that's case been... they didn't take one look and say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's like on my dating app profiles too. So I'm just like, if you don't know, then like, that's on you. That's ad- additionally bad because it means you didn't even read my profile. Whatever. So <laughs> yeah, just like I mean, you can't underestimate how oblivious and dumb cis yeah. men truly are. It's true. <laughs> it's true. And like I had been really nervous to go on dates with cis men like ever since like quote unquote coming out because I was like worried. And honestly, this has happened to me where like they didn't really understand my queerness or like they. Like didn't really make space for me to be queer or they just saw me as a woman which is like extremely harmful and so being very upfront about like these facets of my identity has been like one it's been a good litmus test to see if like this cis man is gonna like truly accept me or make an effort to understand my queerness that they don't fully understand or if he's just gonna like write it off and treat dating me as if he's like dating a woman um and it's also just like when you're upfront about it like i mean it gives the other person the opportunity to be vulnerable and I think it just like immediately opens up hopefully at least a lot of room for you to have conversations about you know like what do you want your relationship to look like like how do you navigate um being queer but being in a straight or straight passing relationship and so just being like very openly communicative like from the start I think is paramount yeah I totally agree with all of that and I feel like um there's a cat in in my mic right now one second Yay. <laughs> um, okay. The cat has thoughts. <laughs> yeah, the cat wants to share as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say, I totally agree with that idea that it's like a good litmus test because I mean, anyone who's not going to accept your sexuality or your gender or really any part of your identity does not deserve you and you're better off without them and you mm-hmm. deserve better. So I think that's like, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because like people can reject you for that reason, but that's also just clearly not someone you want to be with Mm -hmm. um, if that's the case. Um, And I think like one thing for me is just like giving yourself room to just continually be thinking through your own feelings about it. And like, if there's ever a part of the relationship that's not working for you, or if you're just like, actually like a cishet relationship just isn't working for me, like give yourself room to explore those things and like talk to your friends and talk through those things with people um, rather than feeling like you have to hide them or be like, I have to have like the stereotypical cishet relationship or I'm doing something wrong. Um, And I also just wanted to say in response to this question, like there are a lot of great things about being queer in a cishet relationship. I mean, being queer is amazing in general, but um, I think like one thing for me is like, if you and your partner are attracted to some people of the same gender, which is typically not true in cishet relationships, then you can bond over people that you both find attractive. It can be a great way to Mm -hmm. get into some of those conversations about like being open and honest with each other about other attractions that you both have um and also for me I just like being the person who can mess with people's expectations like people often will assume that my partner and I are a cishet couple even though we're not and like that can lead to situations where someone will say something they maybe wouldn't say in front of someone who they know is queer or non-binary um and there Mm -hmm. definitely were times like when I was identifying as a woman where people would be like oh like say something rude about lesbians and I would be like uh hi like yeah I'm actually a queer woman and like that really messed with people's expectations so I think like sometimes that can also be a way of making people realize like there are queer people literally all around you don't be openly homophobic and maybe just don't be homophobic at all hopefully (laughs) but like (laughs) definitely don't be open about it because you just don't know who might be around so yeah that that's my overall take (laughs) And like one thing I would just add to this briefly, because I think y'all covered it really, really well, is that it might help to think about their relationship as not being a cishet relationship. Because if you as a queer person are in it, then like it isn't really a cishet relationship. I understand like what you mean that it appears like, you know, two people of quote unquote opposite genders being in a relationship with each other. But like if if you are like not a straight person 
in that relationship, then like it's not a straight relationship. And just like knowing that and holding on to that, I think can also be helpful. But doing all of the other stuff that both Bianca and Julia talked about too, I think is is huge. Yeah, that's a great point. I agree. Someone wanted can, to take the I next- can read the next question also from Twitter. Would Def love to hear y'all's advice for navigating non-cishet relationships for the first time, especially while both parties are still kind of figuring themselves out? Um, So I think this question like follows really nicely off the last one. Um, And I want to echo what Bianca said, that communication is key. Um, There was some more information that I thought might be a little bit too identifying that came in this question. So I didn't include all of it. Um, But suffice it to say that both partners in this relationship are learning about their identity. And I, I think it's really cool that they can be on that journey together. Um, But I'd say the most important thing to try to try to do is to create an environment where, you know, to this person, where your partner feels really comfortable, like sharing gender and sexuality feelings with you. Um, And where you feel really comfortable sharing with them too. And I feel like if you're comfortable talking about that stuff, then the stuff that follows will be easier too. It will be like easier to communicate in the bedroom, for example, especially if like certain acts don't feel great or create a sense of dysphoria, then like you'll have a better context for why and you'll be equipped to understand and talk about it openly. And I think that like being in a space where y'all are both exploring your gender and exploring sexuality at the same time, like I totally get why that might feel like a lot, but I also think it means that y'all have the potential to be really, really incredible and understanding partners for each other. Yeah. One thing that, uh, this one in particular made me think about is when I was in this situation um, a few years ago, a couple years ago, um, and I feel like I was really figuring out my sexuality more seriously for the first time. Um, I think that one thing that might feel surprising is that A, like you may have been building up this idea in your head about what your queer experience is going to be and you maybe have like pined over it in your like het cis background um and I think that it's important to remember (laughs) that learning to be with anyone in any way is always awkward and is always hard and like there's not like a magic like violin flowing thing that's really gonna happen and it like a particularly if you're both feeling awkward and nervous it's like I think for me that like leaning into that being like a cute thing and like honoring that each person is like okay like you have to almost think about how you were in like high school or whatever the hell when you first started like like having these types of interactions with people and it's like almost a relearning process so just like be gentle with yourself know that it's gonna take probably longer than you think that it should but there really is no timeline for these things. And like, you know, the queer experience is all about like breaking down any expectations. So don't give yourself random expectations when that's just not, you know, necessary. Yeah, totally. I love that this is kind of like the inverse of the previous question too, because I think Mm -hmm. it really gets to what you were saying about like all relationships are hard and there's always new things to navigate in every new relationship. Um, I've been going through this with my partner pretty recently around gender as I came out as non-binary. And one thing I just wanted to mention because I learned this and I didn't know this before is that most trans people are in a long-term relationship when they come out. Mm. Um, And I feel like, I mean, I didn't realize that, but it does sort of make sense to me that like when you're, you know, spending a ton of time with someone you feel really comfortable with and supported by, that's the exact time where you feel comfortable, like, really being yourself and taking steps to start living as your true self. Um, And I think um, I totally agree just, like, being really open about communicating with each other is the most important thing. Um, I also think, like, just giving both of you giving each other space to explore things on your own as well um just so that you're not relying solely on like the other person's perspective on your gender sexuality or whatever it may be that you're exploring um i think having like time for you to talk to your own friends about it and family and whoever else um can be really helpful just to get like separate time from each other um and then i also think just continuing on the communication front like 
try to be as honest as you can when something comes up that's like dysphoria inducing for you. Um, ask for things as you realize like, oh, this would really make me feel good and would bring me gender euphoria, like ask for those things. Um, and I think one of the great things about being in a relationship as you're coming out or exploring a new part of your identity is like, there can be things that your partner might think of that might feel affirming to you that you wouldn't even think of. Um, so definitely like if those things come up, like be vocal that like, yes, I really liked when you did that. Like that was great. That made me feel really good. Um, and the reverse as well. And I think you guys will be able to figure it out. You'll move together towards something that feels good to both of you. Oh, that's, that's so, so nice. <laughs> <laughs> this question's also from Twitter. It says, quote, I'm a union organizer. My wife is involved in her teacher's union. And My wife. wife. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is such a wife guy. <laughs> oh my God, you're so great. I can't even get through it. You want me to read it? No, I need to do You got this. it. Okay, you got it. <laughs> I believe in you. She frequently asks my opinion and advice on organizing and escalations. As her husband, I want to give her my honest opinion like I would on anything else. As an organizer, I trust workers and know that she doesn't need my advice and opinions to do what's best for her union. Not to mention I'm not a member of her union, so her and her co-workers' thoughts are much more important than mine. Those are all good points. What's a healthy <laughs> balance? Do we need to set some union talk boundaries? Oh my fucking god. <laughs> I um okay I guess yeah so my first reaction to this was just like are you sure that your wife is asking you for advice um I would be really curious if maybe she's just trying to tell you like about her day and what's going on in her life and you might be interpreting it as her asking for advice when in reality she's not um that said, I think maybe you could experiment with just like asking some follow-up questions rather than giving advice. Like, <laughs> um, like, I don't know, why do you think this isn't a good strategy? Or like, what would make you feel comfortable with this tactic that your coworkers are using? Um, like definitely, as the question said, you're not the expert here, so try not to center yourself <laughs> as in As you said. Um, as you yourself told us. Um, and I think, you know, because you guys are married and in a long-term relationship, presumably, I think it would be fair to ask her if she wants advice, but be open to her saying no. And if she yeah. does, then don't give it to her. And if she does want advice, I think it's totally fine to give it, but say exactly what you told us, which is that you're not the expert here in this field or in this union, and you can give advice based on knowing her and generally knowing some stuff about organizing, but, you know, your opinion should be taken with a grain of salt. Um, and, you know, I think it's good that you recognize that, but just don't assume that advice is being asked for if it might not be. Yeah. Mm. Cannot emphasize this enough, and I feel like it's just very common too that like even if you disagree with her opinion on tactics or anything like that that doesn't mean that she's asking for your advice yes so true oh my god meow just just <gasps> a baby here oh, oh my gosh does your cat need some advice i think she might do you, what how can we help you Okay, you just want to go down. Gosh, she's so small. She's so small. I love all the cat so content. Little. I know, I'm the only petless coven member. I know, I feel like I'm like Damn. rolling in dogs and y'all have so many cats <laughs> right now. I have my scallions. There's a dog here too. She just doesn't hang out with me directly. Oh, yes. I, I do love that we've become such a cat-heavy podcast in such a brief time. I love it. <laughs> this is my dream finally coming true. Yes. Um, all right, I can read this next one. Um, so was this also a question from Twitter? Yes. Mm -hmm. So tips for entering an open relationship would be tremendous, says this Twitter user. Okay, um, I can start off talking about this. Feel free to, to jump in. But I've been in a myriad of situations <laughs> across the um, <laughs> monogamy to open to poly to whatever, whatever that spectrum is, I've been around it um, and through it. 
Uh, I've also been in relationships that like were monogamous and then became open or ones that were open and then became monogamous. Like, you know, it's a, it's a fluid situation. I would say in terms of tips, I mean, one, like the main tip we've given to all of these is like communicate with each other. You'd be surprised how many relationship issues can be solved if you just fucking asked each other what you wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's really my biggest advice across the board is like, maybe just ask them what they want. Mm -hmm. But in terms of specifically being open, I mean, one is it's really important to make sure it's what both people want. I think there's a lot of situations in which like, one person's trying to please the other and tries it, but like they're not actually both happy with that arrangement. Um, so yeah, I would say it's super important that like both people really want that and are not just like, well, it's gonna like maybe save our relationship or like not using it as a band-aid. Like if there's other yeah. issues in your relationship, that's not gonna fix it. In fact, like when I've had it work the best is when like the relationship is like super solid and I'm like, I feel completely secure in like my relationship with this person or like whatever standing we have and and so like it doesn't bother me um also though jealousy is like very just like learned and innate for us so like you probably will feel jealousy and I think also not like judging yourself for that just trying to like maybe unlearn those behaviors of like why do I feel jealous even though I do feel secure about the situation and if you don't feel secure about the situation you probably should readdress that um yeah so yeah there's not like an easy answer but here's here's some helpful tips what else um yeah i think setting explicit boundaries with what you're both comfortable with and like not assuming that you're on the same page of like like open can mean a lot of different things there's a lot of different boundaries and so like deciding what you're both comfortable with and if you've never done it before there are probably boundaries that you haven't even thought of that will come up. And so like checking in frequently so that it doesn't like build up. And then you realize that you were actually in completely different open relationships that had different rules and boundaries. Um, And then the last thing I wanted to mention is also making sure that those boundaries are clear with anyone else you become involved with early on with you becoming involved with those other people. Um, being like, hey, I'm in this relationship or I have a primary partner or like whatever the situation is. And like, here's what the boundaries are for our relationship. And like, here's what I'm looking for potentially with you or, you know, however, however you want to go about that. Yeah. I would also add just like, obviously we're not in a normal situation. And I think that like COVID can really create incentives towards monogamy um, for the purposes of like keeping your makeout circles small. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would just say that like in this context, it's especially important that you be really, really open with everybody, even in yeah. like a way that maybe you might not like, I know that there are people in open relationships who are like, I don't need all the details about like who you're hooking up with as long as it's not you know, happening over and over again, or as long, you know, like whatever it is, but this might be a situation for safety reasons that like, it's important to have even more open communication than might feel comfortable um, just because germs are flying everywhere. Um, And so, yeah, I would just say that like, this is, uh, I, I feel like the, the theme is communication, but like even mm-hmm. even extra communication. Yeah. And- I mean, yeah. I think wait, I yeah. think that COVID like it can also be helpful in pushing those conversations mm-hmm. of like we have yeah. to talk about this because it's like very urgent. Like even with pre-COVID, whatever, I like wanted to find out if like I was I had been seeing someone for like the amount of time where like you kind of have to have the talk of like mm-hmm. what's happening, but I was yeah. like really anxious about it. Mm-hmm. And so I like started the conversation with like, okay, so like, because basically like because of STDs and like those kinds of things, like let's talk about like sexual health and like, are you sleeping with other people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting segue. <laughs> more Just, subtly yeah. than that, but that was like how I like broached that conversation in a way that like felt more comfortable to me than mm. being like, I have mm. feelings because I wasn't ready to admit it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Also, as somebody who, like, is doing a lot of, like, online dating and chatting with people, like, from the perspective of, like, other people who are swiping, if you're in an open relationship, that absolutely needs to be on your profile. Like, I don't want to match with you 
I mean, like, if I matched with somebody and then learned in the course of the conversation they were in an open relationship, like, I would be fine with it. But, like, you know, people, everybody has, like, a different level of comfort about, like, what kinds of relationships they want to enter in. And so, like, I, I feel like it's just good practice to, like, say that up front. And, like, you, by virtue of doing that, can also, like, filter out people who might not be looking for that kind of relationship right now. Yeah. So like you, Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like for me like dating somebody who was in an open relationship or seeing them or whatever in ordinary circumstances especially if it were casual would not necessarily be like I I would not be something that I cared about but in like the current situation I'm a real friggin' germaphobe and I'm I'm like in this moment I'm not interested I would not be interested in like seeing anybody who's primarily seeing somebody else or or even not primarily but who is seeing other people like that's not super appealing to me in quarantine world um and so i i totally agree that like being upfront, like especially if you're going on dating apps from the get-go is like really important so you're just like not wasting other people's time yeah there's something else but it left my mind like I had a thought when Bianca was talking, but then my cat was running around and I got distracted. <laughs> Happens Classic. I think, oh, about putting it on your on your bio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like as I was saying with um, making the boundaries clear to everyone, like part of consent in those situations is that like everyone involved in the situation mm-hmm. is completely made aware of what the situation is. Um, I also like one time I went on a date with this person who was in an open relationship and the entire time he talked about his girlfriend and it was like oh. just really weird. So oh. like, even though the person's like aware of your relationship, I would still say just like, be careful about like how much you're sharing. It was, we literally just talked about his girlfriend for an hour. And then he was like, do you want to make out? And I was like, no. Hard pass. Oh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. That's, that's so strange yeah 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 it was also like she was on a date at the same time they oh, like planned dates for wait. this it, it was super strange in the same place no <laughs> no she okay this is like maybe tmi for recording but i'll tell you guys the bar. no she was <laughs> her right there <laughs> she like dropped him off and oh, then went to hers bye sweetie wow <laughs> oh my god it was so weird and i told him after after he was like do you want to hang out again and i like told him why i did not want to hang out again yeah yeah oh my god so anyway i don't know also just like don't be really weird about it yeah (laughs) don't be a weirdo (laughs) bottom line in general (laughs) (laughs) okay i can read the next question uh this is from instagram uh, I'm two weeks into a long distance relationship. We've been friends for ages. Uh, what sort of gift for I, should I get them for their birthday in October? We also got a long distance advice question on the Patreon Discord shout out. So I guess this could be an all in one long distance relationship, how to sustain it. Thing. Yeah, yeah, general advice. This is funny because my partner's birthday is also in October and we were doing long distance last year during his birthday. Um, but I got him tickets to an event that was going to happen like when I was next visiting. So that would be like my go to advice normally. But that's obviously not really a thing because of COVID. Um, Wait, so is he a Libra or a Scorpio? Uh, he's a Scorpio. Ooh, okay. But um, yeah, I guess like I, I was thinking like what would be similar to that, but pandemic friendly maybe like virtual event tickets that you guys could attend together yeah there's like museum I think I don't know which museums but I had seen some museums who had like tickets for exhibitions that were like all virtual like they would take pictures of stuff and you could like click through it so if you and your partner wanted to like buy tickets for that or if I think a lot of them are actually free so I don't even know if you have to buy anything but then yeah I feel like there's been other stuff like movie screenings and stuff like that that's happening virtually yeah but like if you like wanted to like either be on the phone during that or like zoom and like do it together or like text while you're watching something together like that would be a really I think because quality time is like my top love language by far I'm always like anything that involves the two of you doing something together is like the best kind of gift yeah I feel like especially when you're in a long distance relationship that's so important um 
yeah, I guess then the other thing I was thinking was just anything that can like remind them of you and help share things that you might not when you're like talking on the phone or video chatting normally um, or however you communicate. Um, so I don't know, like if you both really like music, maybe make them a mixtape or send them a favorite book that you don't think they've read yet. Um, something like that that can, you know, give you guys something else to share and connect about since you're not having those like more daily interactions that you might be otherwise. Yeah. I also was just thinking about like homemade things. Like if you're a crafty person, like if you like doing arts and craft related things, like I really like the idea of like making some like personalized home decor items, like painting something, like making some sort of print or drawing for their living space. Um, that would be really cute. Uh, or even just like a care package that you could assemble out of like things that you would buy separately. But like, I think the act of like, uh, like putting this together and like thinking about, okay, what sorts of things do they like and like packaging it, packaging it up nicely and like writing a little note or something like that's also really cute too. So things like that. Yeah, I totally agree that like, I think that like the personal touch is what's going to make it really, really special. So while it is really nice to be like, oh, here's a gift that I bought, you know, on Amazon and had shipped straight to you, if you have the time and the ability to like, get the same gift, and then wrap it yourself and like put a little note on it and then send it off. There's something extra special about that. Um, yeah, I yeah. like all of those suggestions. Um, and I will also say that there's like things you can do that are like maybe a little out of the box. Like you can decide to read a book together and like, but do it in a way where like you're actually reading to each other. So like you read one chapter and then the other person reads it back to you. So you're having this like kind of communal experience around that. Or I don't know. I think there's a lot of things. I'm like, I'm like spending time in the lesbian community has taught me all about yearning. <laughs> and it there's so many things you can really do. And like, yeah. There's, you know, it's not just for lesbians because I don't know where I'm at on that all. But you know what I mean? The thing is, there's a lot of fun things you can do and it might feel weird. But like, remember, like everyone feels weird right now. And like maintaining those connections is going to make you feel like you'll remember like that as a special time. Uh, Zoe, do you want to read this one? <laughs> sure. This is from a friend of the pod. Um, I'm in aqua. How do I stop being sarcastic and blunt to cancers? Um, short answer as someone who has too many crushes on Aquarius is you y'all literally cannot stop being sarcastic and blunt. <laughs> I did not know that it's a stereotype that cancers hate sarcasm, although I know that we don't like being direct about our own emotions, but I hide my emotions behind sarcasm. So just want to say that they're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> Um, but also I think that maybe you guys can both help each other communicate in ways that are, you know, like happy and validating for both of you. Um, I definitely think that some cancers and some people in general just can be like too sensitive and place their self-worth too much on what other people think and say to them. So they might need to learn to like not take the things you say so personally. Um, but also like, you know, maybe there's something that you're being just like genuinely too mean about that you need to learn to back off when something is like really a trigger for somebody. So I don't know. I think the overall point for me is just like sometimes being friends with people who have different communication needs can be helpful because you can learn how to like change up communication styles that aren't necessarily working for you all the time. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Frick, yeah. Um, okay, I would love to read this next question. <laughs> Take so, us away. <laughs> this is also from Instagram. If I'm a service top, why am I hitting rock bottom? <laughs> great, great question. I love this question. Yes. <laughs> I'd like to answer this question with a question, which is, whomst among us is not hitting rock bottom right now? Oh, I'm a bottom hitting rock bottom. <laughs> 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 yes i mean i feel like we can all rock being a bottom and we and we all have hit rock bottom <laughs> um 
I don't, yeah, I feel like I really, I don't have a real answer to this, but as a power bottom, I feel the need to just like <laughs> express solidarity to all my service tops out there. Um, <laughs> y'all are the best. And I think sometimes both service tops and power bottoms can just like get a little bit of a weird feeling because it's like we don't necessarily fit into some of the stereotypes even within the queer community that exist. Um, so I don't know, maybe you need to take some time for yourself and just like, let yourself be your amazing service top self and don't listen to the bullshit that anyone else says about you because they are wrong. Aw, that's precious. Yeah, that's a great answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. <laughs> so shifting gears, also from Instagram, how to judge based on initial dating app conversation if someone is taking COVID seriously? It's so real right now. Like I'm on dating apps and it makes me really nervous because sometimes I don't know like if somebody's sense of what is safe or not is Mm -hmm. like just totally different from mine I definitely make sure to ask like if it's in a more subtle way I'm sometimes like oh like so how have you been spending your time during quarantine and like their answers can really say a lot like if they're like oh like I'm so like if restaurants and bars are open where you are like they are here like if they're like Uh, I'm like so happy restaurants and bars are reopening. I'm personally not at a stage where I'm comfortable eating at bars or eating at restaurants or going to bars right Mm -hmm, now. mm -hmm. So if they say something like that, I'm like, okay, like, no, like I can't, I don't feel comfortable going on a date with you. Um, And so just like getting a sense of what their answers are. And then like, I think it's also just like part of, what constitutes informed consent at this point like at this juncture of our lives to talk about like what are you comfortable doing and not doing like in the scheme of this covid filled world that we're in because like i don't know i think it's kind of a tricky thing to bring up sometimes because it's like kind of an awkward question you're not not really sure like how to bring it up but it's like so important to ask especially from like a comfort of the two of you perspective but also like i don't know like your behaviors are also going to affect like other people. And so Mm. it's just important that like you're on the same page about that and not engaging in behaviors that might also be dangerous to like the broader population. Um, But like if you're at the point where like you're maybe thinking about asking them on a date or if they've asked you on a date and you know, like at this point, like every date I've been on has been like we go in an outdoor space and we drink there. Or like we just like hang out outdoors. And that's like, I think where I'm at right now in terms of like what I would like to do on a first date, I'm not doing anything else. Um, But if they're like, oh, like, you know, let's meet at a bar or restaurant or whatever. um, And you wanna be like, no, because I don't feel safe doing that. And then they like continue to pressure you to do that. Like that's an immediate like red flag for me at least. Like I would be like, I don't I don't think this is a good match like if they're pressuring you to hang out with them at a bar like that's obviously not a good sign yeah I think that's definitely true um I also think that if they have their like insta connected to their dating profile it's like could be pretty Mm -hmm. easy to tell Mm -hmm. like when the photos are from so if there are pics of them from the summer that are like me and my 12 best friends all hugging each other then like maybe just like swipe left you know what I mean what's that meme that's like all (laughs) island house all tested negative (laughs) oh my god yeah summer fun (laughs) yeah if you see that that's a bad sign yeah (laughs) oh my god so the next question is, how do I get as hot as all y'all? Aww. Okay, first of all, this is from my sister-in-law, and she's so hot. <laughs> Come on. Get out of yes. here. So hot. You're beautiful. Yeah, oh. I was going to say all of our listeners are already hot, so you don't even need to ask us for our advice. Exactly. Um, yeah. I feel like I I did have just my, my one skincare product that I swear by is clean and clear dual action moisturizer it's like five bucks at the drugstore and it's amazing it's like a face lotion that's also like has some like not like anti-acne stuff in it Mm. so it's moisturizing and anti-acne it's amazing um and then for inner beauty it's all about (laughs) getting high and um you know just smoking a little bit doing a jigsaw puzzle while listening to your favorite podcast since you're asking us for advice i'm assuming that's us so 
it's us. You know, just just put this on and do you know get a little high or your drug of choice, whatever it may be, and or yeah. like read your favorite book. She loves reading. Yes. Definitely. Hey, speaking of inner beauty advice, though, I have to tell this story. Um, yes. So <laughs> my my previous roommate um, was like super into makeup. She like would like do my makeup, like loved ordering makeup products. And she ordered this highlighter. I forget what the brand is, probably for the best because I sh- shouldn't say what they are on air. Um, I mean, I don't really give a fuck about the brand, but I just care about my roommate. Um, anyway, she got this highlighter that like did not work. It wasn't the color it was supposed to be. It like literally looked like nothing it just was like skin like flesh color and she emailed them a picture and like it didn't look like the picture online either it was like tan and the picture online was this like pink shimmery highlighter so anyway she emails them and she's like hey like i think this is the wrong product it's like not working it doesn't have any color whatever and the person emailed her back being like hi so the product that you got is actually a shine from within highlighter Oh, my <laughs> what? God. Shine from within. What oh stage of capitalism? Like, yes. What? <laughs> well, she was not cracking up. I was cracking up. And for the next, like, months, I would just be like, the shine comes from within you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. So, yeah. Speaking of inner beauty, wow. it just reminded me of that story, which was, like, the most ridiculous, like, customer service email of like oh so yeah the highlighter we sent you doesn't highlight the highlight comes from your soul mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah this isn't working for you because you made a deal with satan sorry you nothing we can do about that <laughs> yeah you have to sit with yourself to realize why it's not working for you and that's why it's not working um amazing yeah I'm I'm ready for this next one. How about y'all? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Someone My asked us. Okay, so this uh came from the universe. Uh how to cheer up or support a Sag over long distance when they are down and COVID. Consensually exchanged nudes. I feel like roasted. <laughs> I, I would enjoy that. Also. I actually, I was gonna say that for the the long distance relationship. Question oh yeah, you yeah, I forgot. Like yeah, yes, you have send well, yeah. nudes. You don't have sex. to. You don't have to. I mean, but if like, you want to, if you, you want, want to, to, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Also, I mean, Sages love attention, so I just yes. already like that I can make this episode about me now. Um, by by default of also being a Sag. No yes. idea who this question was geared for. Yeah. No um, idea. No, no idea. No idea. I would say my advice is to reduce the distance between you and said Sagittarius because why would you ever allow yourself to be so far from anyone so perfect? Sagis are all perfect. <laughs> Incredible. Um, okay. All right. I think this is also from Instagram. Um, okay. So here's the question. You hook up with someone who's all ENM, ethical non-monogamy. Then she tells you more about her wife's situation, and it really doesn't sound ethical, just non-monogamous. <laughs> but fuck you for trusting an adult to have made a responsible judgment call. Um, but then she starts nannying a kid with crappy lungs. So you hit pause on hookups anyway, presumably because of COVID. And now you want to just not slam anymore. Is it okay to text, this was fun while only oh kind of okay, bye? Or... <laughs> Do I have to do it in person? So to summarize, you were hooking up with someone who is in a non-monogamous situation that they maybe misrepresented to you. Can you break up with them over text or not? Oh my gosh. Okay. Go ahead. Whoever wants to go. We had feelings about this. Are you talking about this? We talked about this a lot of feelings about this. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Just for full exposure. The thing that was hanging, like I was so stuck on this part, like, what did she do that made you believe it was not not ethical? I was so stressed out about that. You don't obviously like there's no obligation to tell us or whatever. But I was like, what happened? Yeah, we, it, it's just it just felt really icky us. to all of us to be like, yeah. ooh, you got into the like someone no. lied about what they were doing, and that was like, I would say a major consensus among us. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The other, yeah. The other major consensus was like it depends how casual of a situation it was for the text versus not. 
Yeah, like, yeah. I guess, yeah, the lingering question was, like, how long the hooking up had been, because if there's been, like, an extended break, but now it's, like, would hypothetically resume, but you don't want it to, like, that feels like maybe it was happening for a while, or, like, maybe you're just way more considerate than me, because if I was in a casual thing and then found out that they had been, like, not honest with me, I don't even know I'd send a text. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Of, yeah. I just was Especially thinking about it. It's also like fizzling out already. Yeah. Like, Cuz yeah. like you are you, like you said you had hit a pause on hookup, so it's like it's kind of a lot to I don't know like what level of seeing each other you're at with this person, but like if you weren't kind of talking before and all of a sudden you sent you you like send this like multi-paragraph long thing or whatever or you like call them or whatever to be like, hey, I don't want to see you anymore. Like that can be like kind of jarring. It also requires a lot of your emotional energy, which I don't know if, you know, I don't know if you necessarily have the obligation to exert that kind of emotional energy. Yeah. I feel like I would personally say something though. Like, yeah. No, I I agree. I just get really petty when I'm mad. Yeah, Yeah, no, I was gonna say I would I would probably ghost in this situation. Um just because I'm like very (laughs) exactly. (laughs) But I mean, here's the thing. So I'm very easily talked into things, especially when I feel like it will make someone else happy if I agree to something. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um Kellen's cat is making an appearance and it's amazing. Um but yeah, like I guess I would worry that if you do initiate a conversation about it, it could be an opportunity for them to try to convince you of like why what they did was okay. And that's probably why I would ghost. Um, but that said, I feel like the more I think about this, like the point of, you know, sending it's a, a text water trying for, thing, I feel like, oh, wait, is the Wi-Fi? Oh, no, I was just again? saying, I think it's a water trying thing to like, oh, to-, to be so like trusting and convinced by people. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, yeah, I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do, but that is probably what I would do. Um, I think maybe the right thing to do would just be like, be honest with the person about what what they did that skeeved you out and just like let them know that's why you don't want to see them again. Because yeah, to me, like the point of telling them that you want to end things would also be to tell them why. So hopefully they don't do it to the next person. Right. I was going to say, yeah, it's good for them to know as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's true. To be clear, I don't think not saying anything is the right thing to do. What I think is the right thing to do and what I personally do are not always the same answer. <laughs> Almost always, personally. Exactly. Oh <laughs> Amazing. But yeah, I think likely a, a text, to answer what you directly asked, a text seems okay. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, I think it's fine. <laughs> um... I feel like I kind of want to skip this last question because it's not really a question. I have thoughts about it, but I see that it's like not really a question. It's just like I really feel it is what I'm saying. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, no, I feel the opposite way, which is that I never I'm always afraid I'm too being too forward and spilling my whole heart too much. Oh, my God. Of yeah. course you do. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, well, then I just overcompensate by being like, well, I don't want to, you know, be too forward too quickly. And then they end up thinking I'm not into them. And I'm like, no, I am. I was just, ah, like, I just didn't want to be too forward. But then I overcompensated and it was not forward. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't. I, I mean, I feel like you already kind of said things, so we could just read it. Um, oh, okay. This first, which, so to give people some context, uh, this person said, I always want to be less forward, as I'm usually the one to make things happen. But it seems like if I don't make things happen, nothing happens. I want to be pursued, too. I guess, I mean, I can also speak to this from the other side, which is that when I was identifying as a woman and dating a lot of straight men, I always felt like I was just at the mercy of, like, whoever wanted to pursue me. And a lot of cishet men think it's really weird if people pursue them. Um, So, Mm. I mean, I don't know if I really found a solution other than, like, dating and hooking up with more women and also like just finding people who didn't suck and who were okay with like some gender role reversal mm-hmm. um but i think also like you gotta ask post for what you want traps. 
I mean, yes, <laughs> for sure. Do that. Um, but you know, I think sometimes people have the idea that like, if someone doesn't just do something without being asked for them, then it's like not real. And that's totally not true. Like sometimes you have to ask someone you're seeing like, Hey, I really would like it if you would like come up with a nice date for us that you think I would like, or whatever it is that will make you feel valued and like you're being pursued too. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously that can be harder to do at the beginning of a relationship, but I think there's like smaller steps you can do. Like, I don't know, like, Hey, like next time, could you come over to my place or could I go over to yours or, you know, whatever, like the changes are that would Mm -hmm. start to help make you feel a little more like you are being pursued and wooed as well um because you should get to feel that way if you want to yeah it's so important I think I am very scared to always like be a burden on anyone in any way and so I'm always like yeah like I'll do whatever you want like whatever is easiest for you but like if you I feel like when you assert things that you want in that relationship it implies that you are invested enough in the relationship to like want like I don't know to like want good things to happen that you enjoy and so like when you like say those things it like I don't know I think it expresses to them that you care a lot about what like the time that you're spending with them basically that's a great point yeah once again it all boils down to maybe you guys should just talk about it just talk about (laughs) it I know it's the most universal advice but it's also the (laughs) hardest one it is yes no it is very difficult to have to talk to other humans honestly (laughs) (laughs) well that was our show thank you everyone who submitted questions for letting us analyze your lives um (laughs) and you're welcome for all of the amazing advice that we just gave you if we helped you in any way you are obligated to let us know if we ruined your lives yes not responsible i actually also want to know but yes we're not liable but yeah feel free to tell us if that happens as well (laughs) Um, although it's probably your fault just saying (laughs) you clearly did listen it's um what was the thing the shine comes from within you (laughs) responsible the shine doesn't work (laughs) it's a big full circle i love it oh my god um yeah if you appreciated any of the advice that we gave please give us money on patreon patreon.com slash season of the bitch um that allows us to keep everything running and if you do um, give us money there, you can join our Discord, which is the best place on the internet, hands yeah. down. Um, mm-hmm. So in these awesome trying times, perfect. yes, it's it's amazing. Um, also, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Season of the Bee. Visit us at seasonofthebee.com. Send us an email if you feel like it. Um, we have established now that we will read them. So seasonofthebee at gmail.com. Someone will read them. No guarantees um, what Selectively. state they'll be in when they read it. But, mm. um, it's a very mixed bag. Yes. Also, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to us. We're on Spotify now. And that's our show. Yay. Love you all. Love, love you. you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bitch.